and no, you haven't downloaded the wrong podcast unless you really did want a football match. I'm Guy Clapperton, and this is The Near Futurist, a fortnightly look at the technologies that are going to affect our lives in, wait for it, the near future. And I thought I'd bring us in with a footy crowd because it's been a while. Okay, I'm not a massive football fan myself, but loads of people are, and they're missing their live sport. Now, we record in advance, and as I'm speaking, it's March, so anything could happen, but there are significant hopes that live sport, at least in the UK, will start again in May. Now, my guest today isn't a sports person, at least not professionally, but he's offering Internet of Things technology to get us all back into stadiums and enjoying ourselves. His company's work involves helping to track crowd control, cleaning, stocking of food, major incidents in the ground, COVID-19 concerns, of course, and much more. With stadiums looking to get back into action within months, this is a very real issue which needs addressing, not just now, but also in transforming crowd experience over the coming years. His name is Mike Elliott, Chief Executive and Founder of Oversea. Mike, welcome. Hi, Guy. Thanks for having me. So, Mike, perhaps you could start by telling me a little bit about Oversea. So Overseas is a software company, and we provide technology to enable frontline workers to be more effective within the environments that they're working in. And specifically, we focus on high footfall, high risk venues. Okay, so I imagine you uh, try to build up their confidence as well by with uh, being able to assure people that the place is clean and disinfected and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about a stadium, we're here to talk about stadiums today. On a non-match day, there may be 20 people in that venue that are working there. And on a match day, it could be anything from two to 5,000 members of staff. So to understand what everybody's doing at any point in time, using paper-based processes simply isn't good enough. And so that's the, that's the reason we've brought technology. And as you've rightly said, Internet of Things, which is a, a whole way of us collecting data in a very, very quick way, is what we do. Okay, we'll get to the technology in a second. But I'd just like to have a little overview. The mission is obviously to get stadiums back into operation, and it's going to have to be at a time when COVID is still with us, because that's not going away, even if uh, many of us have been inoculated by now. So I'm just wondering, you know, technology aside, how big is the task of, uh, you know, how many stadiums are there in the UK? How It just sounds enormous to me. It is significant. I mean, there are over a thousand stadiums of varying sizes in the in, in, in the UK. You know, I'm, I'm a big rugby fan as, as, as well as uh, uh, of, of any sport. And I remember how freely I would walk around Twickenham. But that's just not going to be possible as we start to reopen. And the reality is, is that the success or failure of an event will very much depend upon the willingness of the fans to comply with new guidelines. Getting back to the technology, though, Internet of Things is not necessarily one of the major technologies I would have expected uh, to be playing a part. How's it going to help and uh, how do you deploy it in a stadium? Yeah, I think, as I said before, the, the great thing about the Internet of Things is that it's a, effectively a low cost technology that has the ability to collect data interpret that data and then share that data in real time to allow someone to make a more informed decision. So if you look at IoT technology and how it's going to monitor typical behaviors of fans moving through the venue, looking for choke points, you've got turnstiles, escalators, lifts, bathrooms, and catering areas where congestion can take place. 
And sensors can start to predict this behavior and more importantly, then inform staff to react. But it can also interact with fans based upon the live data being received. I mean, let's um, give you an example of that would be if people want to go and, and buy the, a snack, pies and drinks and things, the technology will be able to know how many people are forming in a queue. Are you queuing at a catering station when there's a catering station at the East End, which is empty? So again, it's this ability to take data and inform, whether it be staff or fans, of, of how to move around a venue safely. And then there's the other side of this, which is the back of house. I mean, all of these stadiums have been pretty much out of use, right? And so we have sensors that monitor water flow due to the increase of Legionnaire's disease when buildings are out of use. So again, to avoid not just the risk of infection, you've got the risk of things that haven't been used for some period of time also now becoming a problem. And then there's the obvious um, sort of things. I mean, what technology can do. Avoiding conflict between staff and fans. What we've seen in supermarkets where people aren't necessarily wearing masks, if masks are still going to be something that people have to use. We can use clever IoT technology to see people's faces as people are walking in. And if they're not, not wearing a mask, we can flash up a, a message on a monitor. And I mean, the way you could think about that is, you know, the soft way that we inter interact with people speeding a little bit past 30 miles an hour, and then a, a sad face pops up on a sign. So there's, there's very subtle ways of which we can use IoT and technology to try and change the behavior of people within this venue. Okay, how tech savvy are the uh, facilities managers, the people who run these uh, stadiums in the first place? Because this strikes me as quite a, a substantial piece of technology. Yeah, I think uh, new, new venues such as the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium um, have some amazing technology. But the reality is that most venues are a good few years old. And the most up-to-date tech deployed is probably CCTV and the access control gates. But it's not just the venue that needs a technology, it's also the staff operating it for us. You know, they need the real-time information so they can provide a just-in-time service based upon what's happening around us right now. Now, I think that the facilities management have the tax savvy uh, and the tax capability to utilize this technology because, again, it's not that it's super complicated. It's about getting it deployed. Do you want to sound as confident as my interviewee in this episode? If you talk to the press or other media, are you worried you'll be misquoted, or they'll just publish their story and not yours? Clapperton Media Associates can help with coaching. Drop me a note, guy at clapperton.co.uk, and we'll arrange a time for an exploratory call. Now, back to the podcast. Okay, so is there a learning curve involved? What do staff need in terms of skills and indeed uh, what extra kit do the uh, stadiums need to buy to make this work? Yeah, I think the first thing is that staff really need to be equipped with, with smart devices so they can receive information that the sensors are picking up. They can receive notification on what tasks need to be completed or where they need to be if social distancing uh, is being breached. We're empowering staff with knowledge to enable them to work smarter. 
and and then utilizing artificial intelligence to interpret and predict what's going on that we can pass that messages uh, onto them but the thing about technology is that the best technology that you can deliver is one that doesn't need a manual to operate in and that's why we're very involved with integrating smart devices with sensors because there's no training required and again from a um, from an IoT point of view the majority of the sensors that we deploy they're they're wireless battery operated and they don't need hardwired fixing into into place so it's it's a it's a pretty quick deployment process Okay, so we've uh, done a little virtual tour around the stadium, effectively. You've talked me through the bathrooms, the uh, catering, the various choke points, etc. Um, so I'm just wondering uh, how this is going to affect ticket prices. There must be a cost to pay for this sort of technology. And of course, with social distancing, then it may be that you can accommodate fewer people at any one point. So is my ticket going to get more expensive? I'm really not sure about the ticket prices in the short term. I mean, it's it's true that venues have suffered from lost gate revenue and also from advertising throughout the stadium. I think we often seem to think that uh, all advertising is done through the you know the media through um, TV, but actually there's a lot of advertising that's done locally within within the clubs that clearly with those stadiums not being being open that they will have they will have lost that revenue. So it's an interesting question. There's certainly a significant investment that needs to needs to happen. Uh, we're working with a with what we call a smart sanitizer project at the moment, which has our sensors in there, a sanitizing unit that can deploy fifty thousand shots from one point. Again, it's it's new technology that's having to be invested in in order to provide a safe environment. So I'm not sure what will happen to the to the, the, the the tickets of uh, in in the short term but clearly there is a, a significant investment for these stadiums to go through and of course that'll be down to these stadiums themselves and their own uh, commercial arrangements I fully accept that just wondering, this is obviously a lot of change coming uh, on board and it's got to happen because otherwise they won't be safe so nobody will, nobody's going to resist it but is there a sort of balance of procedural and technological change? I'm just wondering whether it's a, a really a people issue or whether it is just pure technology. No, it, it, you're, you're right. It's both. I mean, operationally, a lot of procedural changes have already happened. For instance, there's planning to stagger fan arrival times to help with crowd control at the entry points. And then there's phased exit for each of the stands and how we get people out of a stadium. So that's, a, a, that, that's not technology. That is interacting with the fans and asking them to work with the venue to ensure the safety of people in there. You're going to see a lot of risk-based approaches to all the process, it is including right now players, coaches, TV crews, medics, catering, cleaning, security staff, they're all being monitored before a fan has even walked into a venue. And of course, that also includes the training ground. So I think already the venues and the operations uh, have, uh, have, have looked at the procedural requirements of bringing people back. Let's uh, throw a bit of a spanner into the works, if I may, because it's what we podcasters and journalists do, and talk a little bit about p potential private concerns. There are people who don't trust all this technological stuff. They won't like the idea that they're being tracked, whether it's fans or staff. What do you say to them? I take on board, and, and this is something that constantly comes up um, for, for, for what we do, and I just 
use really one word and, and that's or two words, which is health and safety. You know, we're not here to track people for the sake of tracking people. We're here to ensure that both the staff and those fans and guests that are, that are in that venue are looked after. And just think of another different t- technology that we've deployed in a stadium recently, which is CO2 sensors in all the boxes, because we want to make sure, A, whether there are people within those boxes, but at the same time, have we got enough airflow in those boxes? So yes, we're looking to see if people are in inside those the, 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 that space, but we're doing so to ensure that their safety at any point in time. So from a, an incident management, from a health and safety, that is all we're doing. And, and I must add this, it's only during the confines of the operation that that technology is doing what it needs to do and then it shuts down. So this isn't tracking for the sake of tracking. This is this is simply bringing data of which I might add is non-identifiable data for us to be able to make sure everyone's having a good time. Right, so you can basically say that there's 50 people trying to get through one door somewhere when there's an empty door a doorway down the uh, down the corridor whereas it won't give you their names and addresses. So it really is about safety rather than about tracking people. That's a very important point. Um, finally, uh, where can people find out more about uh, yourself and uh, Oversea? Yeah, sure. Um, come to our website, which is literally over-letterc.com, and there's a contact, contact us page, and we would be happy to share more information about what we do and, and maybe how we could possibly help you. Mike Elliott of Oversea, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. And many thanks to you all for listening. That was the Near Futurist podcast with me, Guy Clapperton. Don't forget to have a look at the website at nearfuturist.co.uk or my media training site at remotemediatraining.com. I'll be back as always in two weeks' time, but if you're planning to go to a sporting event in the next couple of months, enjoy the match. <laughs>